What is the creepiest and most unexplainable paranormal experience you've ever had? Part 2. Story 1. This happened when I was 17. When I was still living at my childhood home I was sneaking out late at night to meet some friends. I went through the back door of the house and as I turned to face the door I could just feel somebody watching me. I thought I was busted. I turned to look at who had caught me, and saw a totally monochrome figure. The hair was completely black, like blacker than black. Her face was like a static washed over white grey and she was wearing a dress that was in between the two colours. No facial features. Just the silhouette of a young girl facing me. I reached for the door as fast as I could and when I went to shut it it closed very quickly on me. I bolted through my yard and onto the street and couldn't shake the feeling I was being followed. I stayed at my friends that night. Soon after this happened I was up late with my mum watching a movie. My dad had just passed away. We finish our movie up and say goodnight after turning the TV, stereo receiver, and DVD player, all with their own remotes. After a short amount of time in bed, I am jarred awake by the sound of static with the speakers cranked up and the TV on with no input my mum and I meet in the hallway, surprised to see that we had both been awoken to an empty house. A few years ago, when I was 23-ish and graduated from college I finally told my family about the first occurrence before I am able to finish my description of the ghost. She finishes for me telling me that her and her friend used to see a little girl in our backyard playing in a sundress. She said that she looked maybe 12. Our neighbor who was the original owner shared a story with us about the family that originally bought the house after it was built. It was a young family whose daughter passed away from leukemia. She would have been about the right age. Looking back, the girl wasn't scary or harmful. My sister had the same impression. To this day I believe what we saw and haven't seen anything like it ever since. Edit. I also want to say that my dog used to scare the crap out of me because he would randomly stare down the hallway to my sister's room and he would growl with his hair on end. It would always freak me out and I never connected the two until some time after seeing the ghost or whatever it may have been. Story 2. There I was, bored in the combat zone, Iraq, drawing a picture, it was of the scenery, a few hills some dead grass, a tree stump, on the stump I decided to draw a creature, humanoid, like a pygmy werewolf, 4 foot something, claws and teeth, the commander shows up, calls us in for a mission, and I put away my drawing, weeks later, we are in an abandoned base, staying in some new buildings, no windows, doors, or anything, just the concrete bones, and openings for the installation of these things. Every night, we have to set up watch. It takes the whole platoon to cover the building, minus a few per floor, for run to reinforcements. I was one such reinforcement, sitting in an empty room, in the dark. After a while I noticed that I'm not alone. I look up and the thing I drew is sitting on the ceiling staring at me. I stared back, gripping my M249 waiting for something to happen. When my team leader comes in, asking if I'm okay, as I tell him yes, he walks over to the one of the holes where the window would be, looks out, turns back and asks did you see that later, near the Iran border, we stayed at another abandoned base, a bunch of classrooms spread between 6 buildings, all are one floor, with walls that don't reach the ceilings, I had just gotten off a guard shift, came back into my room, and my buddy isn't there, staring at the ceiling. I looked up, and there it was, again. What is that my buddy asked, just then our squad leader comes in asking what we're doing, we explained. 
but it was gone again. Never saw it in country again. Fast forward several years, I got injured in Iraq from faulty equipment, got a medical discharge, and got on with my life. One day I'm in a bookstore, and I find this book on demons. I flip through it, and there it is. The same thing I drew. The same thing I saw. Twice. At two different locations. Preceding a personal injury that plagues me to this day. Story 3. When I was growing up my family moved to a cul-de-sac when I was around 8 and my brother was in the ballpark of 9. We immediately befriended two girls who lived next door to us who were basically our exact same age and we hung out with them every day. We would frequently go down to a bike path located behind the circle of houses that occupied our street to ride around on our skateboards. Walk to the nearby shopping center it eventually led to- It was very long, and basically just hang out. The bike path went through the woods and went in both directions for a long time and we would often wander into the woods and play in the creek and catch crawfish and frogs and all that huckleberry fin kind of stuff. Well the first or second week we lived there my brother and I and these two girls were playing around in the creek a good ways down from our house and we went exploring into a short sewage pipe. It was barely 20 feet in total and you could easily see both ends, which drained into a collection of large rocks. Well after we had sufficiently crawled around in this sketchy rainwater runoff pipe, we started climbing up the rocks to leave. My brother noticed something in the rocks and picked it up to discover that it was a small, wallet-sized, and relatively recent portrait of himself that had been taken at our school for the yearbook the prior year. It had signs of aging and water damage, and seemed to have been there for a while. I think our initial reaction was to laugh at my brother for looking goofy or something. But looking back I can't believe I didn't see how sinister it seemed. Kept going back for a long time and it was not the last creepy thing to happen on that bike path or in that neighborhood. Edit. I have a few people asking for more stories from the path. So here is another. We continued to hang out on the same bike path on a regular basis for the next two years or so. It would have a lot of snakes during the summer spring months and we would run over a lot of them when we were riding our bikes down there. Which would scare the shit out of us. The snakes were usually garden snakes, or some such similar harmless snake. One time, with the same group of people, my brother and these two girls, I ran over a huge black snake, at least 4 feet long. It writhed around in pain and started lunging defensively at us, which we decided to think was dangerous because we were kids looking for a thrill. I'm definitely not proud of this, and I regret it now. But we proceeded to chase the snake down the bike path and eventually cornered against a tree. My brother ended up throwing a stone, killing the snake. We poked it a while and my brother was actually ballsy enough to pick it up and try and freak us out with it and all that childish stuff. We ended up getting called into dinner at some point and said we would meet up after and head up to the local shopping center after we were done eating. When we reconvened, we we started to head back down the bike path. When we got a little ways down, we noticed something ahead of us barely 3 feet off the paved path. It was a cross made of bound together sticks with the snake draped over the horizontal arms of the cross. We stared at it for a long time, or at least it seemed like a while, without saying much. A runner eventually came and tore it down hastily, reprimanding us and calling us delinquents and mumbling about blasphemy. At this point we started getting cautious about going down there at night. Story 4 not creepy but kind of cool. My mother split and transplanted a rosebush from my grandfather's farm about 40 years ago. It took but never bloomed. At that point she only kept it because it grew into the fence nicely and kept us kids from climbing it. 
My grandfather died about 5 years after she transplanted it and that spring it bloomed red roses. A few years after that my grandmother died in the spring after it bloomed white roses. These are the only 2 years it has ever bloomed. Story 5. Middle of the night, sleeping. I hear a sound like someone is taking a paperclip from my desk and throwing it against the wall and it bounces across the desk. I wake up to this noise, turn on the light right by my bed as I sit up. I look over and see nothing. Weird, as I'm ready to lay back down my 20 pound steel gumball machine falls from the shelf over my bed directly onto my pillow where my head was not 30 seconds earlier. I flip out and scramble out of my bed as I'm totally taken by surprise. As I stand up I feel something under my feet. A paperclip. I put the murderous gumball machine on the floor. The paperclip back on my desk and crawl into the safety of my comforter. Nothing like that happened again. Edit. The shelf was a bookcase headboard that was only a foot taller than my bed. It probably wouldn't have killed me. Just would have damaged my face I'm guessing. But I was also 10 years old. So you know there's that lack of forethought for you. Story 6. I lived in a haunted apartment. It was two rooms, but one of the rooms was locked, and I didn't have the key. So I only had one small room as kitchen, dining room and bedroom, and a screened in porch there were two especially freaky events. One night, my girlfriend slept over, and she woke up in the middle of the night and said she saw the bathroom door open and a shadowy figure standing in the bathroom, staring at her. The bathroom was right across from the locked room. Another time, I was jerked awake by the fire alarm going off, just blaring, but when I went to unplug it the alarm stopped and no other alarm in the building was going off. A lot of the things that happened could have been just my neighbors, but the way they happened was, well, weird. I would hear knocking. It sounded like someone tapping a spoon on a counter, coming from the downstairs apartment. It could have been my neighbor. But I'm not sure why she would do that every couple of minutes for hours on end, or in the middle of the night. I would also hear knocking on the walls. It sounded like someone tapping their way up the wall, like they were looking for a stud. I would also hear this weird moaning howling that I couldn't trace the source of. Again, could have been a neighbor's dog, but it didn't sound like it was coming from her apartment. The apartment across from me had three tenants in a year. I think because it was just as or more haunted than mine. I had, I think, a unique way of coping. I named the ghost Pete. After a previous tenant's mail I would get from time to time, and I tried talking to him. Basically treating him like a roommate I wasn't friends with. My girlfriend was much more freaked out by the situation than me and basically stopped coming over after a few months. So I wasn't there much anyway. When I was... I felt that talking to Pete made the atmosphere of the whole place much more friendly. I also left out a sheet of paper with Pete's notes written on it, and told him if he had any problems, just write them down. I still don't know if I quite believe in ghosts, though I find the supernatural fascinating. But that experience did push me closer to the science doesn't know everything about the universe camp. Story 7. Just told this story to a co-worker, was around 7 years old and it was near the holidays. The house I grew up in has a downstairs and a basement. So I left my pillow downstairs after a day long movie binge and went to grab it later that evening. Grab the pillow and look up. See a man on the other side of the room dressed to the nines just looking around paying no attention to me. Weird thing was he was entirely grey. Head to toe. Skin color and everything. Grey. I'm staring. Jaw wide open. Completely petrified with fright. 
He looks up at me, notices I'm able to see him, and drops his jaw lower than humanly normal almost as if he was screaming at me, but without sound. He then ran through the wall and disappeared. I wasn't able to go downstairs if the lights were off until I was a teenager. Story 8. I was home last year during a break from university with a friend and we decided to go see a friend in a different city in his university. It was a small city with rivers, hills and forests. At night we decided to go in a nearby forest to smoke and drink by river, but still being on main road. So, we were standing with our car parked and I was drinking and both of them were making joints and smoking. It was about 11 in the night and dead dark with no lights or people for several kilometers. We had been standing there for about an hour when a 25-26 year old guy came out of tree line and came to me. Talks to me and says this place is not safe at night. You guys should go from here. My friend who used to study there heard me talking to someone and started walking towards me but stopped right there. His face went white and told me to get in car and that we are going. I told the guy thanks and goodbye and turned the car around. For 10 minutes my friend didn't talk and when we were out of the forest, he finally broke his silence and told me that this guy who was talking to me was a boy from his university who died on the same road 2 years back in an accident. We were so scared that we didn't go home that night and spent the rest of night getting high nearby a river. Story 9. When I was around 12 my mother had to go out of town for a bit and she left me home alone for a few days. We lived close to relatives so it wasn't a big deal back then. She refused to give me a mobile phone because she figured she could just call me on the landline if anything came up. She told me the date when she'd be back and that was that. The date arrives and I hear my mum knocking on the door downstairs, calling my name, my dog, who loved her. Got excited when she heard her voice and ran down ahead to greet her. She got to the door, freaked the hell out and ran back upstairs to me. I refused to go down and open the door. The phone started ringing and the knocking stopped. I picked up the phone to hear my mum say, Hey, I'm sorry, I have to stay one more day here. I'll head home tomorrow. TL. DR. Someone something pretended to be my mum. Didn't fool the dog. Story 10. This didn't happen to me. But it happened to my dad. We used to live in a home that was part of the underground railroad. It a few hidden crawl spaces around the house that was being used as storage in the present. While we lived there my brother started sleepwalking and talking. One night while my parents were sleeping they heard my little brother scream from my bedroom even though he slept downstairs. My dad ran up there but my bedroom door was closed like something was blocking it. So he kicked the door open. But when he kicked it open. A shadow ran past him and my room was ice cold. My brother was laying on my bed, sound asleep, pointing at the closet screaming get her daddy, get her my dad looked but saw nothing but darkness. Quickly picked up my brother who was stiff as a board, covered in sweat, and ran out. When my brother finally woke up that morning he remembered nothing that happened. After we moved out he stopped sleepwalking. Story 11. Late to the party. But I had a pretty creepy experience a few weeks ago that I wanted to share. Just a warning to everyone. The story involves some bodily fluids. So if that's something you're not into, don't read this. It all started about 8 years ago. I had met a lovely young lady named Jenna at one of those middle of the woods parties that country blumpkins from my part of the world enjoy so much. Just a keg or two of piss water. Some black market fireworks. Vintage firearms. And good company. Now, I'm not one for love at first sight or anything, but Jenna was simply magnetic. 
She caught my eye in a way I'd never experienced before or since. She had blonde curls that framed her cheerful face and almond eyes. Her breasts were more perky than a Chili's hostess, while her butt was like that of a 19-year-old rugby player with a fondness for the tread climber. It was as if Lord Baby Jesus himself pulled up my fat file, the one he keeps on all true believers, studied my preferences, then went ahead and crafted my ideal woman. He finished his creation by putting a red solo cup of shit beer in her hand, a Marlboro red in her mouth, and tattooed a pair of mirrored dolphins on her lower back. He then placed her smack dab in front of me that fateful night, and to think, some people still don't believe in intelligent design. After a discussion regarding the best pigs we ever wrestled followed by a game we rednecks call shoot the gun straight up in the air and then see how much beer you can drink before it comes back down. We decided it was high time to find a spot that was a little cozier and had fewer rabid squirrels that were drooling on our Jesus sandals. Since my place was in the process of being fumigated on account of a ladybug infestation, we decided to go to Jenna's place instead, and what a place it was. Jenna and her family had recently moved into what appeared to be a dilapidated Victorian at least two centuries old, located miles away from another house. The place looked like it should have been condemned. It possessed that vaguely gothic aesthetic favored by Tim Burton types and looked like it was held together by their collective fanboyages, not wanting to arouse anyone else in the house. Jenna opted to sneak me in through the basement. I wish they had been a better way to get me in because it smelled like dead leaves and balls down there. Actually reminded me a bit of summer camp at Lake Kumon Winnipeg. I held my breath while tiptoeing behind her upper set of rickety stairs leading to the first level. A handful of nervous squeakers escaped my backside along the way, but they were of the same frequency as those made by the stairs themselves, so Jenna didn't notice. I silently thanked Jesus for the shape and size of my butthole. After ascending one last winding staircase, we came to the topmost level of the house. Here we are. Jenna whispered as she opened the door to her room. More dead leaf and ball smell hit me, but this time it was mixed with incense and spilled bong water. It was as if I had wandered into the dark, dank tent of a fish fanatic 12 weeks into the tour. Rather appropriate since her floor was littered with what looked to be samples and jars. As my vision adjusted to the dim lighting, I suddenly realized there was a pair little eyes were peering at me from the walls. Benjamin Affleck's chin anus I exclaimed, the mole people, they found me Jenna clamped a hand over my mouth. Shh, it's just Kit unfortunately, I knew exactly what she was talking about. Kit Kittredge, the American girl doll, one of my sister cousins, Jezebel, had her own collection, always freaked me out the way she tended to them even started dressing like them, I swear, I think she thought they were alive, and Jenna happened to have her own and, judging by her voice, seemed to regard hers in the same way, the shock it gave me was short lived, however, Jenna took her hand from my mouth and placed it to my crotch, she grasped my junk, twigs, berries, and everything in between in a way I'd not experienced since my last visit to the orthodontist minus the prostate exam, is this okay she asked, Delicately juggling my testes as she did. I am putty in your hands. I stammered. Jenna's gaze hardened. So did I maybe not putty. I corrected myself. More like a clay that been shaped and cured for use as a wine amphora. Like they used in ancient Greece. My knowledge of Mediterranean history must have impressed her because in seconds. Our clothing was off. We took a moment to examine each other. By golly. We're like a couple of porn stars. Jenna. A highly paid performer, 
Me, the guy that skims the splurge out of the pool for minimum wage. We started in with some foreplay. Her techniques were foreign to me, almost violent. The grappling and eye poking would not have been out of place at an unsanctioned MMA tournament, although the homosexual undertones that accompany such events were notably absent. 20 minutes of this exercise passed. I was nearing exhaustion. Jenna apparently sensed I was on the verge of collapse. She then signaled for me to enter her. Condom she asked. No, thank you. I responded. She was apprehensive, but at the same time clearly impressed by my manners. Fine. Taking no time to consider the ramifications of what was about to transpire, I folded my penis into the luscious batter that was her virginga. Jesus God. It felt amazing. Like the inside of a ham and cheese hot pocket that had been microwaved precisely 2 minutes and 35 seconds on high, moist and gooey, with orange grease using from the sides. In a further twist of creation, the 2 minutes and 35 seconds that the average hot pocket takes to cook was also approximately the duration I was able to pump away on Jenna before having to make flowers. It's time. I can't hold back any longer. I told her through gritted teeth. Okay. Shoot it in my mouth. That was new. The response I'm accustomed to is something along the lines of is that it or get the towel or shoot it out the window so the squirrels can get some vitamin D while contemplating Jenna's request. I also took a moment to recognize how special and amazing the night had been already. I decided not to ruin everything which had led to this moment by not fulfilling such a simple request. And so without further ado, I withdrew myself from Jenna, took up position at the foot of her bed, and fired a volley at her open mouth. As it traveled over her body towards her, it looked to be coming in a bit low. Not surprising since I had not taken the time to consider factors such as velocity, the drag coefficient of semen, wind shear, or the curvature of the earth itself. As a result, it would be a chin shot at best. Against all odds, however, it stayed true. I didn't have scientific instrumentation in place to support my hypothesis, but I do believe the course of my load was assisted by upward thermals emanating from Jenna's vagina, which was still dilated. It sailed through her lips until finally splashing against her epiglottis. A hole in one. Drinks in the clubhouse would be on my tablet that night. I wasn't so fortunate with the next shot. Completely missed her mouth. It was like when Randy Johnson sailed one over the head of John Crook in the 1993 All-Star Game. Ended up landing on Kit Kittredge. I don't know why exactly my mind went there, but in that moment, I remember Jezebel describing Kit as a spunky tomboy. Man, she sure got that right. Rather than trust in my suspect aim, Jenna chose to fall on my boner while receiving the last of my output instead. Sounds odd saying this. But it almost seemed like she didn't want to waste it, and as my knees gave out and I crumpled to the ground to bask in post-orgasm shame, as is custom, I could've swore I saw Jenna spitting my love juice into one of the many mason jars she had lying about. Before I could inquire as to her porpoise, Jenna was already pulling on her underwear. Okay, this was fun, but I have jury duty in the morning, so you need to leave. Suddenly, I was being ushered from her room. Not more than 2 minutes after emptying my bowel sack, and I was already out the door. There would be no cuddling this night. I'll call you I shouted to her while making my way down her driveway. You. Too she answered back. That was it. I never called because we had never exchanged phone numbers. I stopped by her house a week later, but she was gone. Everything was gone. Actually. Her clothes. Her jars. Kit Kittredge. Even the fuck dungeon. 
just up and disappeared. It was as if no one had been there in years. Flash forward 8 years. I'm shopping at the Boscovs for dungarees, just minding my own business, and who should I see? None other than Jenna. The same girl that pulled the disappearing act on me after the greatest night of debauchery I had ever known all those years earlier. Did I go up to her? Of course not. I am very shy after all. So I did the next best thing and stalked her as she shopped for underwear. While following her, I noticed she was being trailed by a little person that kept calling her mommy, a girl. From the looks of it, with a spunky smile and short blonde hair, she seemed eerily familiar. I definitely saw her somewhere before. As they made their way through housewares, it hit me. That little girl looked exactly like Kit Kittredge. I became dizzy. My mind ached trying to make sense of what I was witnessing. It was like a tornado was blowing inside my head. And when the dust settled, the only thing that remained was the one irrefutable truth. And the only logical explanation. Jenna had stolen my jizz all those years ago and used it to bring her Kit Kittredge doll to life. What I'm saying is... I think I have magic jizz. Story 12. When I was growing up, I was tight with the daughter of my dad's cousin. So my second cousin I suppose. Her name was Lisa. We grew much closer as teenagers. Too close really. Anyway, we wised up a little and went our separate ways when it was time for college. A few years passed and I had moved on. One night I got up to take a piss. Didn't bother to turn on the lights. I was washing my hands and glanced in the mirror. There she was. Lisa was standing in the doorway behind me. I heard the echo of her voice. She told me that she still loved me and always would. She then turned and walked out of sight. I stood holding onto the sink for a moment. My heart pounding in my chest. I calmed myself down and decided it had just been a dream. I tried to go back to bed. My pillow smelled like her. She could have been in the room seconds ago. I lay back down and as I drifted off to sleep I felt her warm familiar presence against my back. The next morning there was no sign of her, no scent, no indent in the covers. I wrote it off as a dream. I got a call from my mum later that day. She told me Lisa had died a few days earlier. She had been killed by her boyfriend. He got drunk and angry and he hit her and that was that. I guess she stopped by to see me one last time. To say goodbye before she moved on. Here's to you Lisa 20 years later and you're still the only woman I ever truly loved. Story 13. I have tons of stories especially since I attended a 140 plus year old Native American boarding school. A lot of them happened to other people. But I only had one personal experience. When I was maybe 8 years old I had a puppy that stayed outside. This is the res. All dogs are outside dogs. While I was asleep one night I heard the pup crying and I tried to get up to see what was going on. But I couldn't. I felt like there was two huge hands holding me down by the shoulder. I could move my legs but not my upper half. I opened my eyes but saw nothing. I started lose my breath because as I was pushing up I was choking myself. My puppy got louder and louder. Then it all stopped. I took a big gasp as I popped up and ran to the front door. I opened it up to see my puppy dead on the porch. No blood. No other animals. I went to bed and the next morning we noticed two eye looking goggle marks high up on the door. We thought it was dirt but it never could come off. This was on the reservation in middle of nowhere so skinwalker was a possibility. Otherwise. I really don't know. Story 15. When I was a kid. I lived in a house that was haunted with all sorts of paranormal beings. One of my first memories was actually an experience with one of these beings. 
I was about 4 years old, standing in the entryway in our house, facing the door. I stop and notice there are two people standing in front of the door, staring at me. One was a tall, middle-aged man, dressed in a black 1900s era suit. The other was a boy, wearing what I figure now was a red baseball uniform. The boy looked up at the man and said, why is he staring at us and the man replied, it's okay, he can't see us. I still remember that experience clear as day, almost 14 years later. We also had multiple incidents of poltergeist activity, stuff like baskets literally flying 10 feet off the wall and aimed at me and my family, pictures falling daily, etc. My sister also used to see priests and some of our deceased relatives from her crib. TL. DR. I lived in a haunted house. Story 16. As a 4 year old, I fucking hated tying my shoes. I was terrible at it and progress was just not happening. One morning I was throwing a shit fit because my mum told me to tie my shoes before we left the house. And I was trying to avoid this horrible responsibility while crying and screaming on the third or fourth step of the staircase. The ceiling above the staircase extended from the second floor, horizontally, to the space above the first step, where it met a vertical wall that connected the second floor ceiling to that of the first. Imagine a big upside down L. So my punkus is screaming on one of the lower steps, and my gaze drifts upwards after a few minutes. I stop crying immediately, and I go silent. I distinctly remember seeing a man in a sharp black suit with the head of a boar, only blue and complete with tusks and fur, bracing himself in the corner of the ceiling, like a ninja, above my head staring down at me. He didn't say anything to me, but I know what he wanted. My mum began to ask me what happened, noticing my abrupt change in mood, and I cut her off in a monotone, saying only he told me to be good. Story 17. We used to live in a battered women's and children's shelter when I was young, because my father was looking for us. Ugly divorce, Alabama gave him custody, mum took us to WA. One night, I looked in the mirror, and saw a hairy demon looking back at me. I screamed and cried and ran to get my mum who assured me it was a normal mirror. But that night, a kind looking man, that I can only describe as a ghost, appeared at the end of my bed. He was there all night but gone when I woke up in the morning. Then, the next night, and the next night, he was there every night for 4 months. We never talked, he never moved, just stood guard. Then, one night he woke me up from my sleep, and I'll never forget how surprised I was, because I'd never seen him move or talk. He said, he's coming, get out now. So we packed up the car and left to a hotel for the night. The next morning, we went back to find out someone had broken in and gone room to room looking for someone. I never saw him again after that. Story 18. I was watching TV one night when I was 12. The TV kept turning off by itself. It was the late 70s and it had a push-pull-on-off switch. It happened three times and I never could figure out how or why. I've had other things happen, but that was the most unexplainable. Every time I post it I get downvoted. Story 19. Oh I have so many stories I wish I could share, but the one that I will always remember. One typical morning, my husband got up and went to work. When he has to get up early, our Great Dane would get on the bed and sleep with me for the rest of the morning. Great Danes are huge as everyone knows. When she would stand up on the mattress, it would shake the whole bed and it felt just like 150 pound adult standing on the mattress. This one morning she stood up, circled around 
I guessed couldn't get comfortable so she jumped off the bed with a huge thud as you would expect from a dog her size. I heard her walk down the hallway. We had squeaky floors. I was kind of awake but had my eyes closed. I wasn't ready to get up so I rolled over only to feel her still laying there fast asleep, even snoring a little. I had no idea who or what was standing on the bed and had jumped off. I was laying there kind of freaked out and wide awake. Then I heard a loud smack on my husband's side of the bed. Just like someone smacking the palm of their hand on a wall. Then I heard another thud at the foot of the bed followed by what sounded like little footsteps running down the hallway. It ended with a rustle of a plastic bag that was sitting in the dining room. My dog immediately woke up and popped her head up and started growling. Then she fell back asleep. Thanks a lot Lily. By this time I'm freaked out, but wondering. Maybe there was no work that day and my husband was sent home early. I didn't want to move, so I called his name. No response. I grabbed my phone and called him from under the sheets. I asked if he was home. He was still at work. He asked if everything was okay and I said the house is creeping me out again. He said he wanted to tell me some but didn't want to freak me out. I wanted him to tell me. He told me that morning, he's sitting in the chair in the dining room, at the end of the hallway. He was bent over tying his shoes when he heard what sounded like little footsteps running down the hallway toward him, at his face since he was bent over. He said he felt a breeze hit his face and immediately after he heard what sounded like someone stepping on a plastic bag, the same one at the end of the hallway. He said he saw it move. He had forgotten his lunch because he said he booked it out the door right after it happened. Oh yeah. Thanks for leaving me lol. That weirded me out so bad. Story 20. This one is short and sweet. I was 23 at the time, living about 7 to 8 hours away from my family while doing university. One night I abruptly woke up in the middle of the night from a force physically moving me off my bed, towards the foot of the bed. What was even more weird, I was already covered in sweat and felt like I was mid-anxiety attack. Needless to say I was extremely disturbed and had trouble sleeping the remainder of the night. Fast forward to the morning, I finally dozed off, but get woken up to my phone ringing. On the other side is my dad telling me that my grandmother passed away last night. After hearing that it is not something that scares me. In fact I find it rather soothing that possibly she was just coming to say goodbye and as a new spirit was unaware of how she could still affect me in the physical plane. Thank you for listening. Please, like, subscribe follow for more stories like this.